Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we will be discussing an article from the July issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Options to Reduce Stocking Rates Due to Dry Conditions. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the co-author, Jack Arburn, who's an extension educator in the Northern Panhandle. Thanks for joining me today, Jack. Thanks for having me. Well, Jack, as we look at the precipitation we've received in much of the panhandle over the last three months, specifically when we look at the north part of the panhandle and the south part of the panhandle, uh, we're looking at precipitation that's somewhere in that, oh, somewhere between 35 to maybe 70% of the long-term average. Also, we've had with that some pretty warm conditions, and that's resulted in some grass that's starting to turn and maybe not seeing the production we would normally see in a year with average precip. I also would just say that really the critical months for grass growth on cool season grasses are April and May in terms of precipitation available, and maybe some into June. For those who have warm season grasses, that May-June precip is a big driver. So for those with cool season dominated rangeland, our window of opportunity is pretty much done now. The grass we have is probably what we're gonna have for the rest of the year. With that in mind, we wrote this article together talking about what are some options that producers might consider as they think about options to maybe reduce stocking rates if they're looking out there now and saying, you know, we're going to be short on grass. Give some thoughts, Jack, on what some things that producers can do now in terms of being proactive to reduce stocking rates. Absolutely. The bottom line is you're going to have to reduce demand. If they're, you don't have the the amount of forage you normally do, you're going to have to reduce that demand. And usually that comes down to reducing animals. One thing to consider when you're reducing your stocking rate and, and your uh, forage demand is to consider that there, the, the rule of thumb has been take half, leave half when it comes to grazing. And that's in a normal conditions. And when, and when you get outside of normal conditions and you're down below normal precipitation, that 50% that you're supposed to leave, that's actually a pounds per acre amount. And so you need to consider how much you're going to actually have to stock. And you can't just look at um, necessarily the amount of production you have this year compared to normal years or the precipitation compared to normal years because that those percentages aren't going to align. You're going to need to leave that base pounds per acre for the vigor of your grasslands. You're going to have a long-term, long-term impact to overgrazing that. When it comes to uh, reducing a stocking rate, I like to look at what's least invasive. So what, so what are cattle we're already already planning on being sold. Let's try and sell those earlier. So we're looking at um, selling yearlings that typically would be sell, sold in the fall, trying to sell those earlier. Um, looking at preg checking earlier, your heifers and your cows. You can get open cows and heifers off of uh, off of your ranch to try and open up some more grazing for um, pregnant females. Um, this is really a year uh, to maybe take a look at using some of those technologies such as uh, um, ultrasounding or um, blood testing to try and get an early diagnosis on pregnancy. Some of these technologies can even uh, can even work 30 days after breeding, and so um, can really open up some grass for you if you're able to get those uh, open females off the ranch for you. Some other uh, options to look at are utilizing maybe some production records or something like that uh, to cull cows that underperform, or maybe those that, that cow that you know has bad feed or large teats or um, structural has some structural issues or or maybe a, a poor temperament. This is a good year to. Uh, to ship those cows. I know sometimes they're kind of hard to get rid of because they keep getting bred, but you know, this is a good year to uh, look at your production records, look at your herd overall, and um, look at ones that aren't fitting as well, and maybe send those down the road. 
um, some other options uh, would be related to, to feeding, the different feeding strategies. So maybe not necessarily uh, reducing uh, the number of animals on your ranch, but reducing the number of grazing animals, maybe moving some into a feeding situation. And so uh, we look at yearling heifers. Those are often uh, easier to manage because they don't have a calf at side. So moving those into a, a dry lot scenario and um, feeding them. Um, another option is to move your uh, uh, pears into a feedlot, a dry lot, and, and, and feed them. And, and Carlos down at the Panhandle Research and Extension Center has been doing uh, some research looking at the economics and the feasibility of, of feeding them as well as some different rations. And so there's quite a bit of uh, information on those as well. Uh, one last scenario would be um, considering uh, early weaning uh, your calves and putting them into a dry lot. Uh, this scenario, you know, some, a lot of these scenarios are going to depend on what you have for feedstuffs as well as infrastructure. And so if you're, you have the ability to, to early wean, you're going to have to um, get those calves on a pretty a good diet in order to continue your gains. And so, uh, again, we have some more, some more resources online at the UNL uh, Beef website for managing early wean calves in a, in a dry lot. Well, Jack, I think there's a lot of different options there that you talked about. And I think another one in my mind that producers may want to be proactive about is looking at what their fall and winter feed resources are going to look like. And, you know, I'm hearing reports of hay already going to be less than average in terms of production, especially on dry land and even on irrigated. Some of the cold weather we had in early May and then I think just the warm, dry conditions, we have not seen even alfalfa yields on irrigated in terms of what we like. And I also think that yields from some of these annual forages that have been planted, winter triticale or even rye that maybe was put up as hay this spring, just hasn't had the yield that people had hoped it would. So I think taking some hay inventory in terms of thinking about what you're going to get, and then also looking at some options to secure additional feed resources. You know, we talked about earlier this year, dry distillers grains, maybe it was going to be in short supply. Well, recently I've looked, it's readily available. So that's a nice high quality dense energy product that's also high in protein that complements low quality forage. So that may be one that folks might want to look at if they have the option. Absolutely. And, and we're seeing the same thing in our area, um, reduced, especially the dry land, you know, in some areas I'm getting report estimates of uh, over 50% reduction in some of the, some of the, of the hay fields. And so I'm um, definitely going to want to start planning ahead. I mean, that's kind of the, the, what we're trying to get ahead of this, uh, this dry period for, uh, with this article is trying to get people to think ahead as far as reducing your stocking rate, but also planning for the winter. And uh, we also have a, a feed cost calculator on the website that's really good at analyzing different feed stuffs. Maybe you have a feed you've never fed before, or you want to compare it to other feeds on a ca- uh, you know a cost per per pound of protein or energy that sort of thing. And so you can really um, compare um, apples to apples at, uh, using the feed cost calculator. So that's a really good resource for folks. You know, another thing I would mention is there are parts of the sand hills that actually have above average precipitation for the months of April, May, and June. So there may be scenarios where it's a good option to actually, instead of bring the feed to the cattle, to take the cattle to the feed. And, you know, just again, thinking through your options, maybe looking to secure some winter feed, whether that be corn stalks or some winter range that maybe in some places where they've had abundant precip that could provide you some options. So I think proactively examining the different things you can do and then making a plan uh, just provides you with more opportunities to make good decisions. I, I agree. And I think, you know, yeah, just east of here and even even in the middle part of the of the panhandle, there's quite a few um quite a few areas that have received above um average precipitation. So it might be an opportunity for those folks to 
to start advertising and bring in some cattle if they're they're going to be short or long on grass or maybe have some extra hay start marketing um definitely definitely going to have some some options you know compared to say the 2012 drought where it's uh across nebraska this one's been um kind of hit or miss and it's really starting to uh, hit southern nebraska as well as uh, the north and southern northern and southern panhandles well jack anything else you'd like to highlight on this topic no i just want to encourage people to uh not wait till last minute i know a lot of times um uh, ranchers can be pretty optimistic about that next rainstorm, but uh, really, if you're if you've been watching the precipitation, you should have been um, hitting some of your trigger dates in your uh, drought plan and start making management decisions. And and uh, you, you really you have to watch out. You don't want to make a long term make a decision that's going to have long term impacts, such as overgrazing. And so, taking a look at what you have as far as forage uh, and what you think you might get. You know, the the long term estimates for precipitation are kind of all over the board. You know. Some some um, will say you know we're going to be below average, and some some say there's going to be equal chance of above or below average. So it's hard to hard to plan long term. But uh, like I said, if you're if you're already hitting some of those trigger dates, it's start to it's time to start making some um, management decisions. And sometimes that can be tough, you know, selling animals into a, a low market like this. And so I'm thinking outside the box for maybe checking with someone maybe you know or uh, different producers in an area that have been receiving adequate precipitation. Maybe you can. Um, work some work a deal out with them or try and partner on a deal and so um, there's options out there I, I encourage people to plan ahead and uh, think outside the box well thanks again for joining me today jack thanks aaron well for more information on the article that was discussed in today's beef watch podcast please visit the beef.unl.edu website at the website you can find additional information on this topic